The day has come to identify new opportunities where you can have independent, informed, and objective financial guidance customized to you with clear and transparent advice that is solely in your best interest. Your host, KT Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services and Lead Wealth Advisor at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning, estate planning, investment management, insurance planning, tax strategies, and employee benefits. With more than 25 years of experience, she is joined by Tammy Simons, Director of Advice Services and Wealth Advisor with more than 10 years of experience. New Day Solutions has a highly credentialed team with three advisors holding their CFPs, two of them holding their SEMA certificates. New Day Solutions is a female-run boutique firm dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. At New Day Solutions, we work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals and your financial planning goals. New Day Solutions is a fee-only practice, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Their only objective is to make the best possible financial decisions with you. Fair and transparent financial advice from New Day Solutions. It's time to refresh your thinking when it comes to choosing a firm to serve as your trusted investment partner. Reach out to Katie and Tammy today for a free consultation or go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hi, this is KT Thomas. Thanks for listening and coming back to us at KT's Money Matters. You know, my Money Matters audience seems to really want to know a lot about how to run a successful business and how to make the most out of what they're trying to accomplish. Sometimes it's not always just about the dollars and cents of the checking account, but sort of like on a bigger level, thinking about, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and how you're moving in the direction that you actually want to move in. So I thought I might tie this next guest together, looking at both, first of all, that idea of, you know, self-focus and evolution, how to become a better version of yourself and how to then make the most of that. And then, of course, you know, I found someone who has this capacity who's also running their own business so that I could sort of look at it for both directions. So today I have with me Julie Riesler and Julie, her intro starts, imagine living every day with powerful intentions, career choices, financial future, achievement of your financial, professional and personal goals is all up to you. Julie Riesler is an author, a TED Talk speaker, a certified life coach and a podcaster. I'm excited to have her on the show today. And one of the things she's going to help us talk about is becoming the USU possible. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Katie. This is so fun. I'm honored and thrilled to be on your show today. Great. So, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about you, how you got into life coaching and speaking and writing to decide that for a career path. 
Well, yes, I'm going to make it the short version because this, this could be a five-day thing. Well, I went checking your website. I want to hear about the M&Ms too. The M&Ms. Well, it's funny. I was going to, yeah, I'll share, I'll share about the M&Ms. They definitely, they weave in. You know, I'm a big believer for many of us, we teach and share around the areas that I know we need to continue to learn and, and work on. And so for me, you know, this area of living into your life purpose and really being your USU, your best self, all of that comes from, you know, I mean, I was raised by a mom who was into Louise Hay and Stuart Smalley. I used to joke, you know, she used to make me look in the mirror and hug myself and say, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough. And that was really disturbing then. Although now I, my friends <laughs> joke that I'm like the modern Stuart Smalley, but you know, there's something about our mindset and about what we believe. And for me, it actually started with a lot of believing crap things about myself that were not true and, you know, not feeling good enough comparing myself. I mean, I could get a master's in that game. And the way that I really handled that, those feelings was through using and abusing food, which, you know, I have a great story around my tie-dye M&M debacle where there was a six-pound bag of M&Ms tie-dyed. Nonetheless, I somehow found myself, I ate, I don't know how many pounds of M&Ms. I was actually out of work ill for three days and it finally hit me. I mean, at a very low point, I realized I felt horrible. I was really at a point where I did not want to exist and live. It was really that bad. And I remember there was a, that moment where I said, this is about 15, 15 plus years ago. And I thought, you know, I either need to look at this and get help or I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not good. And that realization that something needed to change was the key that opened the door to really an incredible transformation. And so working through my own stuff and whether it was, I always joke for 30 grand of therapy, you too can really know yourself well, but it wasn't just that. I did a lot of inside soul searching, looking at who I am, what am I here for? What lights me up? How do I want to give back? How do I want to be of service? What are the beliefs that are getting in the way that are that have no truth to them? I did a lot of work, personal development work on myself. And you know, what happened was I came out of that really, really on fire about this idea that like, you know, the acorn that looks like a little acorn, you plant it. And eventually if you nourish it and water it, eventually you get a gorgeous oak tree. And so the idea that we all have that potentiality, we really do. It just looks unique for each person. And you know, that we have one shot to express that. And so it's become this obsession as I do that for myself to teach, guide, speak about how people, how we can do this. Because I do believe when you marry that sweet spot of living your fullest potential in your life and putting that into action in your career and your work and what you do, you know, everything follows that you want. Success, abundance, joy, inner peace, financial wealth, all of that. I think it, it correlates. So it's something I feel can't not do it. It's part of my fabric of who I am. So you talked a little bit about, when I was reading your site, you talked a little bit about the fact that other people would have thought your life was really great, but inside it just, it wasn't, and it didn't really matter. So the stuff or the people or the, the house and the job and the car and the this and the that, and it yeah. all seems good. But inside, if you're not inside taking care of yourself, it's really impossible to yeah. be that best version of yourself on the outside if you can't be that on the inside. And that's the premise of a lot of the work that you've built. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, even in the current events with the really sad, you know, situations where people are taking their own lives, people in, in high profile positions that look and seem to have everything. Thank God I didn't get to that point, but I, you know, remember feeling like I was wearing a mask, like it looked like things were just fantastic. And by many standards, I had 
anything you could need and live in a free country and really wasn't wanting for much. However, just like you said, you know, internally, the situation was quite the opposite. It felt like a barren landmine because I was so mean to myself. And so I do a lot of work around that with people women and men. I mean, we have something like 70,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of those thoughts, if you're not careful, if you're not watching, if you're not trained to look at them, they're often negative and self-deprecating and not kind and not helpful. And so, you know, as I learned to do that for myself, and it's a daily practice, it's something that I'm really passionate and committed to helping others do. It's why I wrote the book I do. And it's part why I do any of what I do. You know, it's, it's helping anyone who struggles with that inner kind of dialogue, inner world that is not where they want it to be. Because I do believe that inner world, when you master your inner world, then you can master your outer world. So can we talk a little bit about the transition? And, you know, I think that one of the feedback things I hear all the time is this idea about, you know, I have this idea to start this business. I have, you know, some financial stability with what I'm currently doing. And maybe, you know, maybe not some emotional stability, but some financial stability. And it sounds to me like you said, okay, well, I can put that financial stability aside and work on my emotional stability and I'm going to launch this whole new campaign. And so I think that takes a big leap of faith in yourself. And so I was hoping you could share a little bit about that leap and how you managed your personal finances when that was all going on so that you could get to what you really wanted to do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great question. And it's funny, I just did a class, a webinar with a lot of people looking to get in, you know, wanting to be entrepreneurs and and how do you do that? And here's what I would say that I think, and this worked for me and I think is very important. I had a day job. It was a very stable, very good job. There was nothing wrong. It did not light me up towards the end, but it was definitely great people. I was lucky. So that was at my nine to five. And what I knew is that probably five years before I left, I realized I'm ready to do something different. So I went went and got my degree. So for those listening, it might mean you need a certification or there's extra classes or coursework or things to take and do. See if you can do that, obviously in integrity and on the side. I never missed work, but I managed to to do a master's degree in two years while I was working full time and got certifications that I knew would be helpful. And then I started to build what I call my side passion hustle on the side. Yeah, I did that. You know, it was organic. It was, frankly, it wasn't super planned, but I was listening to my gut. And I'm a big believer. We all have that guidance system for a reason. I did not just jump one day. I mean, it was two years after I, you know, as I got my master's, it was two years of cultivating, you know, client relationships and teaching on the side and just figuring ways to do this, all this hustle on the side. So I knew I would have something. I built my website, my first website, which is definitely not what is up there now. I mean, if you saw the first one, you would... (laughs) you'd friggin' laugh. It's, you know, it's really, it was go daddy by myself. Nothing wrong with that, but it was like bootstrap doing it. Yeah. It was your way in. It was my way. And I did it every day during lunch. I'd close the door. I took my 45 minutes that we were allowed to have. And I built it for over a year and a half, two years. And when I left, you know, I had a small part-time coaching position. It ended up not working out because they were completely, it was a startup that was out of integrity. And I was like, I didn't just leave to work with something like that, but it was helpful to know I had that going in and I had also built an infrastructure. So I had something, again, not anything very definite, but I had something that had been built. So that gave me peace of mind. I did a lot of soul searching. I knew that this was definitely what I was meant and wanted to do. And, you know, I did the best I could to save, to have extra emergency savings and and enough that I knew I'd be 
fine or okay, at least for a good six months, probably pushing it. But I also knew my startup costs, luckily for me, were, were not too high. So that helped. I don't have a brick and mortar office. So there was low startup costs, which helped a lot. I would say my costs now have gone way up in the last couple of years. Just the more you grow, the more it costs. So That's right. That's yeah. right. You have to backfill that. So, you know, that leads me to my next question. As an entrepreneur, you have to think about all these things. Yep. And so how has being an entrepreneur shaped some of the financial decisions that you've made in your career? Well, it's a great, another great question. I have changed, you know, I tend to be one of those people that has kind of a budget. I look at it. I'm not, I don't love the whole track of numbers. That's not my gift and strength to the world. However, it's very important to know your numbers. One of the most important things I did was I actually hired an accountant. I have a tax accountant. So I have somebody who is managing my books and my everything that I bring in, which I would say if that's not a strength, the moment you can hire that out so that I could see within the first couple months that I was struggling with that. And even though my husband is pretty financially savvy, it's something I needed to do. Now I've learned how to operate my finances and I have QuickBooks and I know how to use it, but I have someone now who's doing that so that I can do what I'm really good at. Look, everything is a, how would you say, an opportunity cost benefit analysis. I am writing my second book. When you, you know, it's not just writing a book. There is a lot of cost involved. Even if you're publishing it through my own company, it's still, there's, you know, editing and there's a cover and an interior and- There sure is. It's not a joke. My first book, if I even told you, I had no idea. So so what I'm trying to do now is as I grow is get a better ahead of the game sense of, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm expanding here. I'll be honest, some of the times, like when I rebranded, redid my website, which I'm in love with, it was quite you know, it was, they're worth every penny, but it wasn't $5. Let's put it that way. And there was a bit, I'll tell you, Katie, there was a bit of leap of faith. I said, okay, <laughs> yeah, weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Spirituality and, comes uh, in, I'm nervous, yeah. but I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I said literally my way of talking is to the universe. I said, okay, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing in the world, so I'm expecting contracts to just it's gonna work out. And yeah. I'll tell you what, they came in. I yes. mean, I, it just came in and, and paid for itself, and then some. And I it was the best decision. So again, going getting quiet and using my gut. That is that is my biggest secret weapon. My ninja tool is my gut. Seriously, getting quiet and listening. I, it never steers me wrong. So you talk a lot about getting a PhD on yourself. And yes. so this isn't about like going back to school and spending money for school, but this is about deciding that you're really going to understand you and what you value and what moves you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think self-actualization, every successful person that I ever speak to, they all have the same components of this. And I think it's really important when you think about trying to be that success that you really take time to understand what it is about you that might make you a great success. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the only person to ever get in our way is ourselves. You know, really, truly, we're the one. <laughs> I'm going to be living with myself for hopefully a heck of a lot longer. And so look, when the more self-awareness that you can have, the more that you can understand past stories and how you want to shift them and, and your mindset and your beliefs and your dreams and your aspirations and, you know, how you view yourself and how do you handle anger or stress or if things don't go well, all of that. If it's not, if there's not a level of mastery and we know that mastery takes you know, some say 10,000 hours, some, I would say it doesn't happen in two days. You got to really spend some time and energy into, you know, into yourself and awareness. And most of us are, look, without, 
you know, no judgment. We're going on autopilot. You're going from A to B and there's the, if you have children or social media or there's a lot going on. So it takes something to really prioritize kind of putting yourself on the map. But what I will say personally, and what I've seen with many, many people that I've worked with, it is priceless work, meaning literally you cannot put a price tag on the time of investing in yourself, whether that's understanding what motivates you, understanding stories or beliefs that keep you stuck, how to change that. Those are the things that are going to show up. You know, when something doesn't go your way, you got to know how to, how to talk to yourself. I just had this happen and I have a coach and we just talked about that this morning and it was so cool. I was like, yep, that came up and fear came up and I saw it. And I, you know, I've trained myself though, how to handle that and how to be resilient, how to have self-connection, self-love, and how to speak to myself in a way that I would want to be spoken to. You know, we don't do that. So, you know, I think about the horrible things you say to yourself. And I think, you know, there's probably nobody listening that hasn't done it, that hasn't heard them say, you know, call themselves stupid or clumsy. That's actually like my favorite personal self-abuse is being clumsy. And I just think that people do it all the time. And it's almost like, it's almost like they go over the edge with it. It's almost like a badge. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about what is in the way you know, I always say like, what does it take to become successful? But what do you think's like, do you think that's the most important thing that's in the way is what people say to themselves? Oh gosh. I think that is one of the things that can get in the way. I think it's probably one of the most powerful things that can get in the way. Really what we're also talking about at different forms is worthiness. And you call it self-love, self-connection, self-care, worthiness, um, confidence. But you know, as human beings, most of our communication is nonverbal. So we're communicating all the time. If you think like clumsy is kind of in that, like, yeah, you could probably get by and be clumsy. But if you think you're really not smart or really an imposter, I get that a lot. Like a coach, someone who's high up in NASA and he felt like, you know, he lacked confidence. He felt like an imposter. Well, that got in the way for him. He still was doing okay, you know, technically, but not socially and not internally. And so we looked at, okay, what's really going on? It was, it was really powerful to work through that with him. And he is now, he started his own, it's so cool. He has his own hydroponic farm and he's doing all these cool entrepreneurial things. And he's like broken through his own ceiling because again, we put those ceilings on ourselves. It's not usually anybody else. So I would say, I think a lot of us just scratch the the surface of what's possible. I'm a big possibility girl. I just feel like when you, when you see what's in the way, when you get through that, when you know how to talk to yourself, I still struggle honestly with with food, with food addiction. And I had a recent relapse. It's a long story. I'll keep it short, but I was working on a snack product, thought there was less sugar than there was. And I realized, oh my God, I've been overeating these things and I couldn't stop and put a halt on the the snack for now. You're like, okay, that's the end of that for a while. Yeah. I was like, I need to pause on that one. But I, you know, how did I handle that? Instead of berating myself, feeling horrible, shame, shame, shame is like, can kill. I mean, it's, we isolate ourselves. So what did I do? I trained myself to say, okay, Julie, what's the kindest thing you can do now for yourself? What's the most loving thing you can do now? You know, and I have learned to do that. I've trained myself and it was, it was a, it's a change maker. I've learned how to handle really tough situations. And that makes for more resilience, which in the end is, is I think what's needed. Nice. Now, when I was perusing your site, I saw that you do retreats and workshops. Do you want to talk a little bit about the kinds of services that you offer people and how you decided to do some of that? Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like a lot of those things have found me. It's so funny. I started as like, I am a coach. And then I 
even trademark the name life designer because I felt like it's more than just a coach. Like we're designing your life, whatever, if that's around career or finances or love or whatever it is. So I, I do one-on-one coaching, I do group coaching, and then I do, you know, I do a range of, I do a lot of speaking, I do facilitating, I work with companies, groups, teams, um, I've done it retreats as well, and I help really bring out the best of the best of whoever I'm working with. And I use appreciative inquiry, which is a whole format that looks at our strengths versus our weaknesses. It's really cool. So I do a lot of that, a lot of keynotes around, you know, this idea of getting a PhD in you see if I'm missing anything. I, you know, I speak with podcasts, my own, but I just, I love any way that I can make a difference, be of service and help people to kind of break through whatever's holding them back to see who they really are. It's, it's like my obsession and it just shows up in a lot of different ways. So, um, I'm, you know, at a, there's a a retreat out in California called soul camp that's coming up in October and I'm going to be, um, leading sessions there for the full week. I just, you know, I kind of participate in different events and I teach locally and, um, I've been really fortunate. I'm an ambassador with Lululemon and have done a lot of partnering with them and they're huge in getting into the community. So often locally, I do a lot of workshops with them around this too. So I have to tell you, being like a lover of Lululemon, I need to know how you became an ambassador. <laughs> uh, and do, running, do you get running clothes as a trade-off for the work? I mean, that's really what I want to know. I know. Well, it's funny. I'm wearing a full-on outfit that I got there right now. And I'm, I, every day I thank my lucky stars. I'm like, this is amazing. You know, the, the truth best is- sponsor ever. It is the best. It is no. I. I. Every time I go in there, I'm like, I love you all. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And I'm one of the only non. Well, like I do. I used to teach yoga. I don't teach it actively now. I'm one of the only non yoga fitness. Even though I, I teach on the side, you know, they have a picture of me teaching meditation and on my podcast. So it's fun. It's different. That you know, the way that that happened, and I'll tell you, this is how a lot has occurred in my life. And again, it might sound woo woo, but this is what happens for me, and I think many of us. I four, three, four years ago, went into the store. I saw people up on the, you know, the other ambassadors and I thought, God, I don't want to do that. I could do that. I would love to be rep- represent them. And I just said to myself, like, I'm going to, I want to do this. I want to be a, an ambassador. I just want to be, and kind of let it go. And through different events, they asked me last August. And so, wow. you know, Hey, it's why I always say you got to put stuff out there and let it go. And get yourself out of the way and things happen. Things happen like that. So yeah, it's been fun. I love them. <laughs> so you've written the first book, which is the USU. The first book is get a PhD in you. Get a PhD about, in you. It's about sorry becoming about the USU. No, don't be becoming sorry. Becoming the USU. That's right. I knew I remembered that piece. Yeah. Out, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're coming up with another book. So though you're uh, back at writing, which I know is really hard having just written my first book and doing around my second idea. And people have no idea, like, first of all, how much time goes into writing a book and then how much time goes into promoting the book only to go back and start the next book. So tell me about the next book. Yeah. So I just finished the manuscript. It is in my editor's hands. Thank goodness. Um, it's, it's the next, it's, it's really part of the series, but I'm excited about this one. It's called get a PhD in you in business, master yourself to crush it at work. And it's for entrepreneurs. It's for anyone that's in the workforce. Um, you could be an employee, an entrepreneur, any position, any level. But I wrote it specifically for the um, for the workforce community, and because what I saw was I've been teaching courses and facilitating with companies the last couple of years uh, recently in the military, the government, with Fortune 500 companies, and people 
while we're doing all these trainings, what's missing is this depth of awareness of ourselves. And so it's, it was really, it was like my fourth baby labor of love, but it was really fun to write. There's a lot in there and I expect to be able to you know, hopefully make a difference with a lot of different, um, communities and businesses to help individuals really get to see who they are, become more aware, and then to use that, to leverage that to be more successful. And then obviously that affects the bottom line, that affects productivity, innovation, creativity. So, um, you know, I, I do group programs as well, but I think it always starts with the individual. So this will be specific for the business community and for entrepreneurs. Perfect. Julie, any parting information that you'd like to provide to the Money Matters audience? First of all, I want to thank you. This has been so much fun. And I would say if this resonates for anyone and you're interested to connect with me, I do still have room for a few clients and I also with coaching and I am always open to doing speaking. I speak all over the country and facilitate. So the best place to reach me is my website, which is uh, julieriesler.com. And I do have a little, little parting gift. It's, um, I created the companion journal to go with my first book and I have a little gift. If anyone's interested, there are some great worksheets that go along with it. And, um, it's just, you know, some of the tools that I use are at julieriesler.com slash journal. So if you go there and it interests you, you can, um, get that. Those are free free little gifts. And then if you're interested to connect with me, I love connecting with people that that resonate with this. So there you go. Perfect. Julie, thanks again for visiting with us today and to the Money Matters community. See you next week. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.